Hey, hey, what's going on? You know, I'm correspondent John Ross Marcus Scott's coming back at you with the Way Too Much JMC podcast. Hope y'all are having a great Thursday to this point. I'm back talking about something. I'm just, I'm tired of talking about it, but we got to keep talking about it because kids' lives are in danger and ain't, nobody seems to be doing anything. So, those of y'all that follow me, follow me on Twitter and Facebook and you know, all the social media places. Those here in Jefferson County yesterday, or within the last couple of days, there was another big like fight in a in a school building where a where a chick brandished a knife and like threatened. I mean, you tell us like one two girls were in a fight and another girl standing there with a, with a steak knife, and the school responds with like, "What's well, just a steak knife?" Like, like they're providing steak knives, like they're cooking, like they're cooking them damn ribeyes or something like that in the school buildings, which is absolutely ridiculous. And then yesterday. More things were published, and it's and seen, and it's been stated that I guess a couple of adults got onto a school bus, and one thing led to another, and someone maced somebody. First, they said it was one of the adults macing a student, then they said it was a student macing a student, whatever. But nonetheless, mace was involved. And then we had two other kids yesterday that were, uh, or two other people injured yesterday that after a fight broke out on a bus. One thing led to another, and after they got off the bus, two people ended up shot. One of them, one of them being the student, and, and another adult, and they were they had to be taken to the hospital immediately for non-life-threatening injuries. But it still, it all started on buses. Okay, so yesterday I was at this thing. It's called the Louisville Forum, and one of our school board members, Dr. Corey Scholl, here in Louisville, and one of our state reps, uh, State Representative Jason Nemus, were having a little debate over. This, Public, public schools in general, I knew that I knew that discipline was going to be a huge topic of discussion, and so it was just it was it was a it was fitting for the conversation to come up. So after after that was all, you know, said and done, everything. This morning, one of our other school board members, Sarah McIntosh, goes on Twitter, and I'm just going to show everybody the Twitter screen here. Okay, and so you can see Sarah McIntosh says, Our schools alone cannot prevent students having weapons. State and local leaders, along with our citizens, will have to decide to take action to prevent children from accessing them in the first place. For schools to eliminate violence, there has to be a change in our community. Okay, and here, I, here's what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to try to be brief because this shit is not complicated anymore. And, like, I'm starting to think that we just need, like, a bunch of, like, brass tacks, me, uh, mediocre, intelligent people like myself in the school boards and in our legislature, in our federal um, elected official positions, because these people are they're, they're overthinking everything. Nobody's asking a damn school member, school board member, to prevent students from having weapons in general. No one's asking them to prevent children from having access to them in the first place. And no one's asking for schools to eliminate violence in general. She's making it sound like we're asking the school board and we're expecting the school board to fix all of society's ills. Okay, but that's consistent with their, with the way that school boards across this country responded to COVID. They, they think, these school board members think, and I think a lot of the new people that are getting elected like the, like the, ALC's the world, they think everyone gets elected, and once you're elected into any position, you are man, you have a mandate to fix any problem you want to fix. 
Sarah McIntosh, Dr. Corey Schultz, James Craig, Linda Duncan. I'm trying to think of the rest of them. Diane Porter. Jane, uh, Chris Kolb. Your job, your responsibility is not to prevent students from having weapons everywhere or to prevent children from accessing weapons in the first place everywhere. Or nor nor is your mandate to eliminate violence at large. Your job and what you're what you have a mandate to do because you were elected to be a school board, a Jefferson County School District board member, is to prevent students from having weapons at school. Prevent children from accessing weapons at school. And to eliminate violence at school. You can't, one thing that kept being consistent yesterday when this whole debate came up was like, it was like, well, the, com the community is, the community at large, we got to fix affordable housing. We got to fix poverty. We got to, you don't control any of that. Many, myself included, would argue that government can't control a lot of that. But you for damn sure can't as a school board member. So you have to operate in the capacity that you are able to. And you have to solve your small problem, and then maybe the next step can solve their problem. So stop worrying about ex them accessing it first. If they had, we already know they have access. How do you keep them from getting on the damn bus with it, with the guns or the knives or the explosives? How do you keep them from getting in the building with those things? And then how do you deal with when the, in the instances where they where that where those things do take place? How do you deal with the discipline of those students to a point to where they don't feel emboldened to do it again? That's what you can control. That's it. It's that simple. You can control those things. The problem is you're not controlling any of those. Let's go through a few points here. Yes, we just passed the, they just passed the thing here where they're going to put in metal detectors. We don't have school resource officers in schools. What the hell is a metal detector going to do if it goes, it starts, it starts, the alarm's going off, beep, 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 and then there's a librarian at the door watching students come in. What's that librarian going to do? How's she going to defuse the, or, and like de-escalate that situation? Probably going to get people killed. Because they found the weapon. <laughs> okay, how do we deal with it when these things get brandished on buses? How do we get past the point you all, where you all will start, stop looking at SROs, school resource officers, as the enemy? Okay, whenever, look, look we're not trying, we don't, at least I don't believe it's a good idea to put active duty militarized police in schools. We're talking about people, 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 retired officers, maybe elderly veterans, people with law enforcement backgrounds to go in there and give students positive experiences with law enforcement, but they got to have a, got to have a gun on their hip. 
to establish that kind of power dynamic slash hierarchy. At this point, I'm almost feeling like even focusing on getting them in every school is the wrong way of going about it because a lot of these kids, especially up here in the in this in the urban area of Jefferson County, the gangs are. By the time you're 13 or 14, if you're if you're doing this stuff at school or around the community, like you're a you're a hardened criminal at that point. And SRO isn't going to be able to do anything. And again, I don't want hardened, like casualty seeking law enforcement officers in schools that are trying to that are trying to like win awards for the charges they're writing out, the tickets they're writing. But we got to get up. We got to get them in our in our elementary schools. Okay, but. The other big thing of we talked about again, this one was the overall was the overall arching issue. But then it, that, you know, Shoal, Dr. Shoal, and some others in the crowd wanted to continue talking about teacher short. How we were going to curb the teacher shortage, driver shortage, all that stuff. I'm so tired of this debate going in the wrong direction. Everything. All of this nonsense is tied to one thing, and that is the discipline. Of the students now yes i'm not blaming the students for operating in the world that they live in kids are going to always push the limits we as parents have to give them parameters we have to be good stewards for the next generation they need bedtimes they need less and less and less if not zero screen time they you got to make sure they don't quit when they play sports they can't quit once they start something there are parenting things at home that need, need to take place but our schools can also reinforce these this stuff so let's go over here and look at couple things so I'm going to pull up a, an article here so this is from chalkboard review and I've talked about this a couple times so I'm like almost on blue in the face so this was from July 20 2022 it's from chalkboard review Tony Kennett it's a, it's a report 615 Midwestern teachers reveal why they're really leaving the classroom so we're being told Teachers are leaving classrooms, bus bus drivers are leaving classrooms. It's all because they ain't making enough, enough damn money, right? That's what we're all being told. So <clears throat> they surveyed teachers across the Midwest. It was Iowa, Missouri, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, Ohio. Those were the states that they surveyed people from. And that's a pretty good that's a pretty good subset of the country because you got super liberal states, you got super conservative states. Okay, but you got it's pretty it's main it's mainly blue collar. These teachers had to have left the profession in that year, and they had to have been a union member, and they could not have been eligible to receive their pension. So they had to have been leaving the field with nothing, just throwing it all away, all their tenure, all their time, okay? When asked, given the reasons below, what is the largest reason you're leaving your position? Salary is insufficient, student behavior is poor and left unchecked, progressive political activity, parental concerns with your classroom, COVID-19, safety concerns about school shootings, lack of materials to teach effectively, standardized testing, license expiration, or other. And I like how they've done this because they've got safety concerns about school shootings and student behavior as separate things. So they can't be, they, some, some of these things will lump them together and try to make it seem like, oh my gosh, teachers are leaving because they're so scared about school shootings. Okay, whenever asked that question, 51% of teachers 
said they're leaving because they don't want to deal with basically with terrible students. But, I mean, that's, that's all you need to know. Then 22%. 22% actually said they, they were leaving because they didn't want to deal with the progressive politics being forced down their throats in the classrooms. And then another 22% said low pay. So pay, when it comes to teacher shortage, is as important to them as progressive politics. But both things are half as important as dealing is with the terrible discipline being given to the students. So we basically, well, this is a good one too. When asked if salary was just assumed to be your top priority, then 72% of survey respondents said student behavior would be their number two. And then 21% progressive politics. So progressive politics is obviously 20, it's like 22%. So one in five are leaving because of progressive politics. So take that as no take that for what you will. Okay, but it, I'm gonna show you how this backs up for me to show you this is true. So let's go over to Jefferson County, where we have a massive teacher shortage. Right. This is from the Department of Education, Kentucky Department of Education, score report card. This is all public data. So Jefferson County, when you go look at their safety. They've had, six, let's see, 69,490 total behavior events. Okay, and that was, there was there's 16,000 students. 16,000 students have committed those violations. So on average, on average, e each student is committing over four, over four disciplinary events. Each year. Now scrolling down here. Behavior events by type. Weapons. Total events, 617. 592 of them are from, stu are from students. Okay, so weapons is basically the possession or distribution of deadly weapons, including firearms and knives. It's coming straight from a Kentucky, Kentucky Vice Statute. So let's see, we've got 592 student weapons events, okay, 592. Now, granted, we've got about 100,000 students, but look at Fayette County over here. That has, they have 41,500 students, okay, so let's say they're roughly about half of, a little below half of Jefferson County. Behavior events by type. Let's go look at this. While we're loading here coming well, while we're looking at that so we'll look so 592 weapons events in Jefferson County let's keep scrolling down here look at this disciplinary resolutions then I'm going to read you this let me find it Each local board of education shall adopt a policy requiring the expulsion from school for a period of at least 12 months for a student who 
is determined by the board through clear and convincing evidence to have made threats that pose a danger to the well-being of students, faculty, or staff of the district, or is determined by the board to have brought a weapon to a school under its jurisdiction. In determining whether a student has brought a weapon to school, a local board of education shall use the definition of unlawful possession of a weapon on school property stated in KRS 527.070. So the way KDE defines weapon, deadly weapon, when they're, when they're reporting these events, falls under the purview of this KRS, of this of the statute it's talking about, KRS 527. And when I said, when I gave you the definition of what a what weapons event means, it's coming from a, the other Tell Your Vice Statute chapter. So by state law, if there's 517, I'm sorry, 592 weapons events, if there's 592 weapons events, how many expulsions would you expect to see based on that state law? Probably not 592 because, as, as I showed you, on average, each kid has four, four disciplinary events. I can tell you one number it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be zero. Total expelled students receiving services, total expelled students not receiving services. Zero. Zero. Fayette County here, like I said, they're about half they're about half our size. The half of Jefferson County size. Weapons events. There were fourteen. Right here, see fourteen. Those were so all events were by students. Whereas Jefferson County we had twenty five that were committed by adults. And yesterday we had another one. Go look there. How many disciplinary resolutions? Expelled receiving services, expelled not receiving services. Another big fat zero. So what the hell is going on here? Why on God's green earth are we not expelling students and holding kids accountable for their actions when it's so obvious that's what's driving people leaving the teaching profession? I sure thought I wouldn't want my wife doing it or my mom doing it anymore. She's retired now and she's subbing, but definitely up here I wouldn't have her doing it. I can tell you why. It's the whole progressive diversity, equity, inclusion, all that bullshit. It's that whole mindset that holding people accountable is mean. You know what? Would it have been mean for my granny to kick my daddy out of her house instead of letting him snort Oxycontin up his damn nose all the time? It may have been in the moment, but some bitch might be alive right now had she done that. If we don't discipline kids when they're young, then when they get older and they're in adult situations, they're not going to know how to, how to act. They're not going to know how to respond to disciplinary actions because they've never had to respond to it in a, in a more controlled environment before. And they're going to get no leeway in the justice system. And they're going to end up in prison, which is what is happening. So these, this, these progressive ideological tactics, restorative justice, all that bullshit, y'all are the reason. Y'all are the reason 
That society is so messed up right now. We're subverting laws. We're not falling through in the ones on the books. And our culture, our country, our communities are basically war zones right now. Please, I beg everyone listening to the show, watching the show, take this information into the world with you. Share it with people. Send it to your state representatives. Send it to your school board members. We got to put this shit to bed. We get a grip now or we never get it. Thanks all for watching and have a great rest of your day.